Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. You're now listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. see you there. Well, since you're here, you might as well join us for a very special episode of Lost and Rewound here on Radio Free Brooklyn. You've come to us on our 90th episode here, and we're just getting started with embarrassing clips and moments. On tonight's episode, Amber Dre comes into the studio to share more of her tapes from yesteryear as we like to put it. <laughs> Why don't we get started right here on again a very special episode of Lost and Rewound. This week's edition is Mama Extraordinaire, Lobster Lady, Alcohol Connoisseur, Record Collector, um, Storyteller to the Max. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like so many different titles. <laughs> Her name is Amber Dre and she's back, y'all. Hello. How did I get that right? Anything I'm missing in there? No, those are that's the top. <laughs> that's all. I mean, that's all the things. That's all the things? Yeah. And New Bay Ridge resident. Oh yes. You moved. I did. So I it, left Williamsburg. I had to do it. You were living in Williamsburg for how long? Five years. And oh. before that was Greenpoint. Okay. So, so you've been a North Brooklyn lady. Yeah. When you moved to Brooklyn with your husband, you guys were set on the North Brooklyn area. And now look at you. You've, you've moved on up. Yeah. You, I mean, we're basically in the suburbs now. You basically moved to New Jersey. Yeah. Let's be real here. No. I mean, Bay Ridge is like North Staten Island. Yeah, basically. I'm really impressed, and congratulations <laughs> on uh, the next step. How has it been? You're now officially a South Brooklyn resident. It's a totally different feel. Your son is now how old? He's going to be 20 months next week, Woo! and yeah, lots of changes. I, I'm staying at home with him now mm-hmm. um, and freelancing uh, for my company that I had been full-time at. Yeah. So... 
that's a whole new world. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a little over a year since you were on our show for the mm-hmm. first time. And since then, quite a number of gigs have come and gone. What is the status in the storytelling world? You're still performing, but you're not you were hosting a show for a little bit. Yeah, I brought my open mic back another round storytelling with a co-host, Drew Prohaska. And then we lost our venue and then we found another venue and then we lost that venue and then I moved to Bay Ridge. So. Wow. <laughs> so that now you could effectively look at the different venues in your new neighborhood. Yeah, and... I mean, there's some other storytelling people down there. Yeah. So, I mean, there's like five. <laughs> well, well see. That, hey, there's, <laughs> there's five, but they're probably all really, really into it just mm-hmm. as much as the 25 who are in your uh, five <laughs> right. block radius of your old stomping grounds. Yeah. I'm not really familiar with the nightlife in Bay Ridge. I mean, there are restaurants and bars, but everything looks like it's been around for a while and Mm -hmm. just like very dated and early aughts. And then there's a lot of hookah bars. There's a lot of Middle Eastern culture kind of thing going on down there. Yeah. I went to the local independent bookstore and it's, you know, it's cute, but it's no word. You know, it's no Quimby's. It's... (laughs) Did you fancy yourself somebody who went to the library or the bookshops when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. I spent so much time at the library. There was a library like probably a a mile and a half down the road from my house. And I just lived there in the summer. And I'd just pick out whatever random books. Basically, I'd just scan a book and look for like sex scenes. (laughs) Wait, say that one more time? I'd scan a book and look for like sex scenes. And Uh I'd be like, oh, I'm checking this one out. You know, I'd go in the young adult section and I'd pick out the stuff that was like more on the racy side, you Uh know. Christopher Pike was the one who had the the sex scenes. Mm. He was definitely more into that. I'm trying to think of what that uh, type of genre is. Is it Christopher Pike, the ones with like the very overly dramatic illustrations? Mm -hmm. Usually people on the edge of a cliff or... Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and like, like the the font is like fluorescent color. Oh, yeah. And... There's like a cover and then you open up the cover and there's more to the cover or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's what they did with a lot of the racy books anyway. Like there was double covers, kind of like with records, right? I mean, they there's like a... Yeah. Embossed. Exactly. You know, things are embossed. I'm actually such a sucker for records that have cool covers. You're collecting albums that generally are CDs that I had growing up, and it's just so cool to be seeing you collecting them as records because that would be totally something I would do if my record player even worked. Yeah, I'm re-collecting the collection I already had growing up and that I had on CD, and now I'm getting it on vinyl In addition to whatever other weird stuff I come across, whatever other cool stuff I come across and just like reissues and new releases. So it's just like everything now. And I especially love the new releases. You can get the download with it, you know, so it's like you get the vinyl and the download. Not a bad look to have the download and (laughs) to have the physical property. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm much a bigger fan of the physical property, but the whole idea of getting an album on a thumb drive just feels so disingenuous. Mm. It just doesn't feel the same anymore. Yeah. I mean, m- what I miss about it is looking at the cover art and reading the lyrics oh, yeah. and reading the credits and looking at the pictures. I mean, you just don't do it as much. I mean, of course, you can go out of your way and find it, but it's just not as accessible as when you actually have the physical album and you put it on and you have to look at it. You have to take the record out. You have to put the record on the turntable. You have to 
open up the sleeve and look at you know I remember it's very out- tactile absolutely I remember Outca- <laughs> Outcast's uh, discography was some of the first albums that I bought of the rap canon that actually listed all the lyrics to the songs wow I thought that was really dope Amazing. before the online hip hop lyrics archive or the rap genius website that came before genius uh, took over the market you didn't really get a chance to see a lot of these rap albums listing lyrics. I miss, you know, when I was a kid, all I would do was buy a record and then I'd put it on in CD when I was like a teenager. I'd buy a CD, I'd put it on, and then I'd listen to it and read the lyrics. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and it's, but like, wouldn't you be so frustrated when you got an album that you really wanted and you found out that all it was was just like two pages. Yeah. I think it was like Blur yeah. came out with uh, an album that it was just two pages long. I'm like, God damn it. I want to know what Damon Albarn is singing. I know. It was like such BS. Like the Cocteau Twins is an, a band that I really love. But Obscure. they don't ever put the lyrics in their yeah. materials. And You know why? Because Liz <laughs> Frazier doesn't want you knowing what she's singing. <laughs> yeah. she I think she doesn't know what she's singing. <laughs> I think she was on heroin a lot of the time. <laughs> so <laughs> I just have memories of Treasure. I think it was. The album Treasure. Mm-hmm. An album that I don't know any of the lyrics that are going on there at all your son hears you playing all this music does he have an ear for the music that you're listening to yet? no <laughs> you know i'm hoping someday he will you're gonna um, wean because, him on all the good stuff right like that's some of my best memories is growing up listening to my parents music yes. you know and so i'm hoping that he'll eventually start being like i want to hear that song again or i like that or you know, what was that thing you played? And then I can show him the cover of the album and he can look at it. I wanted to bring up Stanley. <laughs> such a such a special child. You posted a photo of him with a copy of the DVD for Fern Gully. Yeah. <laughs> and I bring this up because that was a movie I saw when I was a child. Uh-huh. It seems like you really are started to slowly make a collection yeah. of media of which to impress upon him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're, definitely... you're creating a cool kid. Yeah. He's already cool. And he's well, going to be so cool. I'm, you know, I definitely have my expectations. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't put all your eggs in that basket. You can't be like, this kid's going to be cool no matter what. You know, I'm going like, to make it so. They're always going to be who they're going to be. The best I can do is share with him what I like and see what sticks. You know, he's probably still going to watch all those terrible Nickelodeon shows that are on now. I mean, of course, I would love him to watch. You can't do that on television. But like all the shows that are on now are like. I don't even think I was supposed to be watching. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the Canadians. I feel more comfortable having my theoretical future child, if they exist, reading stuff that existed from the 80s and 90s, watching stuff from the 80s and 90s. I mean, clearly they're going to be a backwards child who knows nothing about (laughs) what's going on in the now, but that's what their friends will be for. We won't have to worry about that, right? Yeah, and well, you know, it's really cool to buy new books for Stanley too, like stuff I've never seen. I'm just like, oh, this is beautiful. Like Mm. the illustrations are amazing or the story is really cool. Never read any of the Harry Potter stuff. Okay. So Neither did I. it's hey. gonna be what? <laughs> it's gonna be my opportunity to finally read the Harry Potter and get into this whole Harry Potter business that everybody's been <laughs> excited it, about for the for last, last twenty years. Exactly. <laughs> We're, you and I both are twenty years behind <laughs> the times. 
the last time you were here, Stanley was undergoing an operation and everything is okay now? Yeah, he was in the hospital recovering from a liver transplant. And now he is fully recovered from that and doing really well health-wise, but he still has a lot of delays in regard to his development. So he has a bunch of therapists who come. It's like through the city. It's called Early Intervention, state-funded program. These therapists come and work with him and try to get him up to where he needs to be by the time he has to go to preschool. It seems like no matter what, you are in for a journey of uh, epic proportions with trying Mm -hmm. to get your kid into a school that you approve of. Mm -hmm. But at least you're in Bay Ridge, which is a good neighborhood for children. Yeah, it'll be good. How have you excelled as a parent based on the impressions that you received growing up? I guess I take my general philosophy of parenting from my parents where they just sort of let the kids do whatever and figure it out and sort of be there and answer questions and influence them with their own opinions and ideas, but not try to make them be what they want them to be and that kind of thing. So that's sort of like my philosophy. And so I'm so I try to like let him just figure stuff out as much as possible. I mean, he's still really young right now, so he's not figuring out a lot of stuff on his own. But wait till um, he figures out what Christmas is all about. (laughs) Yeah, I tend to have like a hands off style of parenting and you know it's been really hard because he's been sick it's hard to have that style of parenting when you have a sick child because it's like almost like you have to become a hover parent when that happens but I've still tried to just not become a hypochondriac not you know think I need to call the doctor every two seconds or bring him to the doctor all the time and stuff like that and try to figure stuff out on my own and trust my own instincts and stuff do you catch yourself performing in a way that reminds you of your parents in any of the ways that you did not just bring up with me like certain like oh, attributes yeah. I mean I'm a lot like my mom in a lot of ways both of us are very um like we want our children to just learn everything and enjoy everything and just experience everything as fully as possible you know mm-hmm. so I think that's I get that from her We do have a clip here that portrays quite accurately a typical mother and daughter relationship uh, when daughter is very, very young. But this uh, definitely has some interesting backstory to it that uh, I would love to get from you. How old were you in this particular clip that was from a tape? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. The clip we're going to hear is from April 22nd, 81. I love that it's precisely dated. I'm three. And yeah, my mom is very meticulous. She wrote the dates and then she wrote like little track listings so we know what's coming <laughs> that's so wonderful <laughs> uh, let's let's delay no further i can't wait for this okay what song do you want to sing Okay, go ahead. Sing to Daddy. Can't do it. Sing. Daddy, uh, da 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 do do do. How's it going? How's it going? Do 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 da da da. 
How's it go? Sing it. Go ahead. I don't know. Teach me. Do, do, do. Da, da, da. I can't can say to you. Yeah. What's that other one there, then? A blondie. How's that one go? In the cloud is riding the moon. Do you know how that goes? Yeah. Teach me. How it goes. Sing it. I can't! You can do anything you want. Always saying I can't, but you never try. But you could. You count to five? Go ahead. Five and five. Ten. 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 It's here on the tape. Oh, don't touch it. It's which kitty is that? Nico. And which one's the other one? Marta. Yeah. Okay. It's here on the table and Marta and Nico. Oh yeah? yeah? You wanna hear that? What do I get? Kiss. I get a kiss? Yeah. Give me a kiss. Mwah. And a hug. And a hug. Ooh. You're a sweet girl. After this, you're gonna go to bed? Yeah? Have sweet dreams? Yeah? Okay. Say bye. Bye. Ooh, somebody yawned. You tired? Today is February 15th, 1982, and yeah. Amber's going to sing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer yeah. with me, right? Go ahead, start singing. <laughs> ready? Now sing it. You start. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, All of the other reindeers used to laugh and call your names And let you let the Rudolph reindeer games Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to stay Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then all the reindeers loved him as they shouted out with glee. Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, you go down in history. You go down in history.
wow. I mean, you you just keep batting a thousand here, girl. I mean, goddamn, <laughs> that was so so precious. Yeah, it it really captured my mother and I when I was two years old. You know, three years old. Yeah, and um, it jumped another year. Uh, yeah, two, two, right two, at the end yeah. was the the Rudolph song. I'm now four. Right. And it was February of 1982. I was not even uh, thought yet. Or maybe I was. <laughs> no, I, pro- I probably was at that point. One thing that I thought was really funny about that clip is that I kept being like, I want to hear it. Like, so demanding. Like, I wanted to keep stopping and then listening to the thing we just did. And that's actually, you know, what kids do now with the pictures. I don't know if you, you've seen been around little kids with smartphones. They want to see the picture immediately. After you take it. Yes. And they keep asking, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see. So it's like, that's our version. And you wanted to hear it immediately. I wanted to hear it. I wanted to hear my voice. Do you have a recollection of, maybe not even on this particular occasion, your thoughts of hearing your voice instantaneously after what you've done? Yeah, I have no idea what what my thought process was. (laughs) I don't know. What I was, you know, I don't know if I was like, oh, that's, I think it was just, I wanted to hear what my voice sounded like yeah. outside of my head, you know? I love the police, the fact <laughs> that you're singing a little police there was brilliant, just yeah. so brilliant. Well, and that song is very, uh, you know, it just, it's, it seems like a song children would sing. <laughs> do, 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 da, 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 da. When I, when, when I first heard that song, I was like, ah, <laughs> this is, a, this is, this is perfect for <laughs> tots, yeah. good beginner songs. Um, but again, there is an even larger story to tell here, which which is something that we've talked about, I think, in the past with your parents, of mm-hmm. whom were both involved in music. And mm-hmm. you could hear it very clear as day, the beautiful, beautiful voice of your mother. Mm-hmm. Both your mother and your father were in a band, and that's mm-hmm. how they met. Yep. Well, they met in high school, and my dad was a guitarist, and he was in a band, and then he encouraged my mother to sing, and be, and then she joined his band, mm-hmm. basically, or they started a band together. That just launched her whole thing. Like she's been singing ever since then. So basically, it's my dad's fault that my mom's a singer. If if anybody wants to assign blame, did, for that. did you ever <laughs> sing with your dad? Um, I've sung in my dad's band. Like my dad's been in cover bands his whole life, yes. you know, and, and his bands will always play whatever the top hits top rock and roll hits are and so like there was a time where he was playing like hole and no doubt and stuff so then i would jump in here you know whenever i was around i'd jump in and sing those songs and so and he'd sing back up but we didn't sing together the way my mother and i sang together what was different my mother is a singer whereas my dad's a guitar player who also sings you know so singing isn't really what his deal is he actually would prefer to just play guitar and let me sing so be the accompanist so that's sort of like you know and we've always had dreams of like doing that kind of stuff like recording stuff where i sing and my dad plays guitar the first clip my parents were still together, but I think when this we sang the, the Rudolph song, they had gotten a divorce. At, really? Then. So then, that's um, interesting. Doesn't seem like she's all that bothered. She seems mm-hmm. very chipper, and yeah. she's singing, and like nothing ever happened, and she's moved on. Well, you know, she did move on. So <laughs> we were living with her boyfriend at the time, and she was still like performing and stuff but just with different people in different places and then my dad still had his band and he was doing his thing and i would see him on the weekends and it was you know it was fun i was a kid at that time so i was like 
yeah, I have no idea what's going on with you guys at all. I was just happy to be around them whenever I was around them. The second part here, is this also of February 1982? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is like the same clip, but I I just wanted to jump to this part. It's a short one. (laughs) Let's check check it out. What else do you do? Um, I don't want to sing a letter song. No? No. What do you want to do? Um, I want to use the put that tape up so they can see it. Oh, you want to hear yourself again? Yeah. Okay. Say goodbye. Bye. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 14, 16, 19, 11. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, I started counting better, but then I just, I lost it at the end. (laughs) I'm just impressed. You know, you got to 11, but not before getting to 19 first. (laughs) Yeah. That's really funny. Recording at such a young age, I I admire it a lot because I did it too, as I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. But even more than that, I think you hit the nail on the head. The whole notion of hearing yourself and getting excited by that, you could hear the excitement in you just counting Mm -hmm. after you said you were going to sign off Mm -hmm. because you heard it and you're like, okay, okay, we're going to do this again. (laughs) Two, four, six. Like You went all in on that counting four-year-old, Amber. (laughs) That's really sweet. It's like I can't wait until my own son, oh my God, like I've recorded him so much. Like I was going to say, you've you've instilled that that, uh, legacy. You've kept it going. I mean, I've recorded him almost every day of his life. I've taken at least a photo or some kind of video of him. So he's going to have thousands of hours of footage of himself as a baby. You know, I can't even like at least my mom just did it three times. So I don't (laughs) have to like dig through (laughs) tape and tape and tape. And then, you know, my poor kid, he's going to have like 18 three tetrabyte hard drives to like. (laughs) Well, first of all, first of all. Stanley is very photogenic. Second of all, <laughs> he's also got a really good mom who knows a thing or two about fashion. So <laughs> he wears lots of great stuff. I want to actually take this opportunity to, if we don't mind, I was going to save this for later, but because it seems most apparent that it's our 90th episode officially of Lost and Rewound. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. I can't take too much credit for it we just keep on churning one show after week after week i have two items with me maybe three that i received recently over the weekend there was an event through the Cinderblock comedy festival that i went to and i won prizes there were four prizes i got and quite honestly i don't really feel like i need all of them i, I the sarah's were great thank you for uh the letters to the 2000s a lot of fun if you have any letters to the 2000s i'm sure i would love to hear that oh my god Mark Pagan performed there, and he had a really good one to um, Zach Braff. Oh, my God. It was, it, was, it was wonderful. But I want to give this to you right here on the air because they're things that I think Stanley would like. Okay. And you would like. The first thing is... Oh, yes. <laughs> you're my lobster. Oh, my God. 
I love it. It's a stuffed lobster. <gasps> and it's connected to Friends, which is also one of my favorite shows ever. Oh, okay. See, I didn't know that, but that, it's a TV <laughs> prop. Mean, it's sort of like why I didn't watch Friends. Could I you give me the context? Connected to lobster, not why I got connected. So, like, I grew up eating lobster. You were from I'm Connecticut, from New England, yes. you know. And then on an episode of Friends, Phoebe says that Rachel and Ross are each other's lobster because they mate for life. Uh, you know? And so she's like, "You're you're her lobster or whatever." And so that's sort of like an, a, a side note. Also, when you're somebody's lobster, they're your soulmate, your person forever. So that's, that's just like a and and you know. But the lobster that the reason I'm in love with lobster is because it's so good to eat. It is. It is very <laughs> delicious. And one day Stanley will eat it, but yes. not not yet. Yes, not yet. In the meantime, there are other things that he could do, like work on this fuzzy face magnetic picture frame. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. These are so classic. Don't you like it how for our 90th episode, I'm giving the guest gifts? <laughs> this is what happens when you come on Lost and Out. You never oh know gosh. what's going to happen. So you put your own picture in it, and then you put, oh, my God, this is amazing. That, that's some Are of- you sure you don't want this? <laughs> because it's I- sort of amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> but I realized that. I think that is something that I want to see on okay. the social media okay. with, with Stanley yeah. using. Yeah. And then the third thing, I'm not sure if it's because, I mean, there's two other things in here of which I'm guessing I'm probably going to end up keeping the Spider-Man SPF 50 because eh, my wife's pretty pale and she needs some sense and lotion. <laughs> but the other thing in here is pretty great. It's called uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 Bubbles. Oh, yeah. So there you go. We will have so much fun with these bubbles in the park. And there you go. Thank you so much. Hey, you're welcome. I like you. I like your son. And I think you guys should continue on with things that are fun. Yeah. We have so much fun coming up just as well. We're going to continue talking with you. And you've got other clips for us. Oh, my God. I love it. This is Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Stay tuned. baby stuff out of the way we've gotten the gifts out of the way we're here with amber dre this week on lost and rewound again if you have been inspired by even the baby sounds you heard and you want to contribute something do not hesitate reach out to me and jimmy via email at lost and rewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org could you please give us some context for what is in this delicious looking tape player right now delicious as my aunt Um. used to say (laughs) delicious so this is a recording of me and my mother singing together 
when I am 14. She's living in Miami. We're in her church. And this is after my mother became a born-again Christian. Hi. Good morning. This is just like a fun song. Um, for me, this is a, a true testimony of the power of God in my life. I never thought I would get to a point where I would actually be able to stand with my daughter and worship the Lord together. And I just thank the Lord for bringing me to this place. Um, the other thing I wanted to say was that uh, this, is, this church is just so tremendous. I've been going through some difficult times in my life, and I have encountered the most wonderful friends and people here, and I've been really blessed to be able to share that with my daughter while she's here. So I just want to thank you all, and we're going to do an uh, up-tempo fast song because I didn't think I would be able to make it through something slow and serious. <laughs> so, here we go.
Jesus, I love you. preach it baby you weren't lying your mom really did like singing with you oh yeah well she liked singing and then like you know the fact that i sang too sort of it gave her an excuse to sing some more in front of people and then also trot me out in front of them too (laughs) so would you say that you were more of a backup singer than you were a duet partner i think it was more like i had just become a christian at my mother's urging uh-huh. because she really gotten into Jesus at this time, as you can tell. You were 14, um, sorry? I was 14. Okay. And this was actually the first time I had gone to visit her and see her in four years. During that time, she actually was struggling with crack addiction and was living on the streets. And I didn't know where she was. And it was a very dark time in her life. And I lived with my dad. And then she basically was saved from her crack addiction by Jesus and then started going to church and met her husband and had a baby. And then she finally decided it was time to write me a letter and say, you know, I got my life together. I'm ready to have a relationship with you. Um, By the way, I super love Jesus now. So (laughs) that's like a really big deal big part of my life and so it was sort of like i was like i guess he did help you get off cracks did you start having a very strong relationship with religion you know i had a strong relationship with it for probably i would say four years after i went to see my mother and became a christian you know her church laid hands on me and then released the demons for me or whatever. I don't know. I accepted Jesus into my heart. Okay. And then when I went back to Connecticut, I started going to church with a friend of mine from school. Her family was really into going to church. And so they would pick me up at my house and take me to church with them. And then I would go to Bible study on Wednesday nights and I'd go to the Bible camp. And it just became a fun thing to do with people. I guess it was also sort of a way to get out of my house because yeah like, i was my... gonna say that, well, that, that was what i was gonna say too the whole meaning of the song is mm-hmm. where would you go for shelter mm-hmm. is the question really and yeah. that for you would be the church or it would be your friend's house who was religious mm-hmm. yeah they were just the perfect family you know mom dad brother sister very loving very caring very nice people but also just fun to be around and and just... to this day you're still close with them yeah actually i am <laughs> i just saw them last week I really embraced the church and religion because I felt like it helped me stay out of trouble, honestly. I was deathly afraid of getting pregnant as a teenager because I just felt like that's what basically is the downfall of everybody in my family. And my mother, you know, my mother got pregnant when she was 19 and I just didn't want to go down that road. And so I felt like this gave me an excuse to not have sex. You know, I'm sorry, I'm religious now. I don't have sex, you know. You were 14 when <laughs> Jesus found you. Mm-hmm. Then four years later, you got to college. Oh, yeah. So that's when the, <laughs> exactly. that's when the, the walls broke down. Yeah, okay. pretty much. That's, that's, I finally that's felt strong enough to trust, or maybe not even trust, but just to let loose a little bit. You know, the world isn't going to get me. Like, I really felt like the world could get you at any moment. If you make one wrong turn, if you talk to one wrong boy, if you get in one wrong car, if you drink one wrong drink, your life is over. You know, like I was just really deathly afraid of that. 
it was a way of protecting myself. I had been through so much with my mother. And so putting up these walls and these boundaries was a way to help keep me out of trouble. Where did you end up going to college? The University of Miami. Okay. Two reasons. One was, well, three reasons, actually. One was because it's Miami. (laughs) Uh, The second was because they gave me a scholarship. And the third was so I could live with my mother again and just be close to her again. You made it very clear that once you got to college, your relationship with religion did not necessarily stay as consistent as it did when right. you went down there originally. What was the relationship then with your mother and how did that? It was play weird. Out? It was you know, like I had my rebellious teenage years in college. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get that. I feel like that happens with a lot of repressed yeah. uh, religious kids. And that's when I needed to have it. Yeah. I was mature enough to handle it at that time. In high school, I was very young in maturity. You brought other tapes with you that are from college. I mean, you were involved in the devil's music. So how far along in college were you when you were involved in college radio? This is the first year, first semester. You got to do radio your first semester? Yeah, at 1 a.m. in the morning on a Saturday night. come on. I I managed to escape the a.m. shifts, the the graveyard shift is what I called it, my first year. And then sophomore year, they got me and I did a 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. Sunday morning. Yeah, I had to do a 4 to 7 second semester. Yeah, you know it. It's rough out there. Yeah. You got to be the DD for somebody. I I started taking ephedrine. (laughs) What? To stay up. What is this? I took ephedrine. What the hell is that? It's like this um, over-the-counter. It's it's illegal now, actually, over-the-counter. Okay. Um, it's an upper, and right. it just keeps you awake and makes your heart rate go about. Oh, <laughs> like, God. Blast out of your chest. It was really, yeah, I don't even know how I got my hands on this stuff. It was being passed around. You know how, like, all the over-the-counter prescription drugs would get passed around in college a lot. I mean, or maybe you don't know. <laughs> That's well, the way it was in my college. No, no. Look, I mean, I was offered by a fellow radio DJ caffeine pills as a ways to mm-hmm. stay awake mm-hmm. for either doing your show or otherwise. I did not need that while I was record. While I was doing my show. Mm-hmm. I didn't want anything screwing around with that weed, alcohol, or caffeine pills, yeah. whatever. Well, I didn't do any other drugs. That was basically like the first drug I ever did. <laughs> well, let's uh, take a listen to some of the talk sets from this. The date of this recording is November 29th, 1996. Oh, yes. College Radio, late 96, University of Miami. Here we go. <laughs> hey, baby. It's Amber on WVUM. You were just listening to Beck Beer Can. That was by request from my friend Liz, who's visiting me today from Connecticut with my other friend Michelle, and they came from Connecticut, and they're really cool, and my friend Dawn is here, and she goes here, so she sucks. Just kidding. Anyway, (laughs) um, before that was Happiest Guys in the World. Thank you, Dr. Heimlich. And Chainsaw Kittens with Dorothy's Last Fling, and the first song of the hour was Covered in Black, Sister Machine Gun TNT. Did you guys recognize that song? That was an ACDC song. Woohoo! Anyway, so um, I want to say hi to some people. Um, my friend Chris and Keaton and like Paco and people are like all down. I think Paco's down. I haven't really talked to him, but like a lot of people from Orlando are down, and I'm just saying hi to all them people. And <laughs> wow, I have such good grammar tonight, guys. Anyway, and I'm also like alone tonight, like as in. Like, my friend Jeremy isn't here, so if you guys are regular listeners on, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, 
and <laughs> you usually listen to us, you're missing Jeremy tonight. So if you really like Jeremy and you hate me, then stop listening. But we're, we're going to play some really good music tonight, so I think you should stay listening. Okay, bye. When I have sex, I almost always use a condom. Is that like an intro to a song right there? Or is that a... Um, gosh, you know what? I feel a, like... A, a very Florida PSA. I feel like maybe it was a WVUM bumper. They would have like a, a bunch of these little funny things you could play between songs. And some of them would, you know, give the call letters and some wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe that was one of those little weird things you just play between a song or whatever. What thoughts come to mind when you hear 18-year-old Amber... <laughs> saying hey baby as her opening statement on wvum the voice (laughs) wvum the voice yeah the voice hey baby yeah thoughts (laughs) all my little uh speech tics (laughs) they just just the way i used to talk back then i mean i still sort of talk like that but i don't you know do voices i guess i still do voices whatever i still (laughs) I you're still a per- do the you're same a thing. Performer, you, you're allowed. Anyways, you know, whatever. <laughs> the music that you're playing was that all uh, what you and Jeremy curated? No, so like with college radio, you have to play the rotation. Go hold into CMJ. You can throw your stuff in there. Throw your own stuff in there. Yeah. You know, so like at the top of the hour, you have to play three songs from rotation, and then you can put one song of your own, and then in the second fifteen minute slot, you do two songs, and then two songs, and then. And then by the end, but I think at the last slot, you only had to play one song and then all the rest could be your songs. Right. Um, it's, that's a pretty typical setup. Yeah. I mean, you have certain songs that are A and B and you yeah. have to go by that. Yeah. And you could play any of the tracks on the CD. You didn't have to play the single or whatever. But then they would also mark the ones that were the best you know, just so if you had no idea, you just at least you had some idea what the good song was. We have more, actually, of this same night that you mm-hmm. were doing the show. My friends drove down from Connecticut and surprised me. Drove down on, to Florida? Yeah. yeah, yeah on, on Thanksgiving weekend. Okay. I had them come to my show and then I recorded a lot of it more for my own just to have it. Since they were my best friends, you know, I thought it would be fun to have a recording of the night. All right, let's take a listen to more of the college radio. Hello, you're listening to WVUM 90.5. Hi, this is Amber, and I have special guests today, Liz and Michelle and Dawn. Say hi, Dawn, please. Hi, what's up? Okay, Michelle, I mean, uh, Liz, <laughs> don't kill me. Um, what's, we have a special thing we're doing, because we want you to call us, and the number is 284 Five seven eight six. But wait, why do you want to call? Because we have a quote for you from a movie, and you have to call in and say what you think the quote is. So, what is it? Which is the first one? Oh, okay. <coughs> Here's the quote. <laughs> you suck. Oh my gosh. Okay, what's the next one? Huh? Oh my gosh. Whatever. Okay. <coughs> So what, Heather? Are you going to take the two shots or send me out? (laughs) Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? First you ask if you could be red, knowing that I'm always red. Okay, that was the quote. Um, I hope you got it. Anyway, call in 284-5786. 
make a request, and all that good, fun stuff. Okay, <laughs> so that sounded like something I should know, but I'm not much of a cinephile, so I can't say I have any knowledge of what that could be. It was Heather's. My favorite movie, Heather's. I think it's 1989, yeah. Winona Ryder, Christian Slater. Yep. Rat Pack movie. It's a little bit outside of that, but they um they want to blow up the school because they hate all the popular people. Was your ideal person that you loathed the kind of stereotype, a totally different stereotype from when you were in high school versus when you were in college. I just didn't think about those people anymore. <laughs> you, you know, you were, you I were just, past it. Yeah, it's just I was away from them. You know, the, the, did the you look people. down on people who were drug users in college as much as you did when you were in high school? Um, no, not really. I mean, I sort of had at first gravitated towards some people who also didn't do drugs. And I never call myself straight edge or anything, but of course I would hang out with kids who did call themselves straight edge. It was nice to be around other kids who didn't just revolve their lives around drinking and smoking pot or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I would eventually make friends with all kinds of different people. And I started being like, yeah, let me try this pot thing, you know? (laughs) You know, when I was in high school, I was designated driver. Basically, like my friends loved the fact that I didn't do drugs or drink because that meant I could just drive everybody around and they could all do drugs and drink. And I had no problem hanging out with them. I actually was happy to do it because I didn't want anything to happen to them. And I also wanted to be in control of myself and I wanted to know what was going on and make sure that if anything did happen, I would be the one who could make sure things got taken care of. And then when I went to college, you know, I was a, a music major. Straight up like playing music and Yeah, I mean at first at first I was a music education major. My so God, which is sort of like a double major. You ah. have to be like a music major and an education major. And then I was like, I hate this education part. Like I hated all the education parts. How did you have even time <laughs> for anything? So I, I know about you quit. folks. Yeah. I quit that and I just became just a straight up music major. And a little better? Yeah, but it was like I had no direction. I wasn't doing the performance aspect. I wasn't doing the business or the engineering. I was just a person who knew about music a lot. Like, what do you do with that degree, you know? (laughs) So then I ended up switching to English with a creative writing concentration. Writing is a skill, you Mm know? (laughs) Well, you know, somebody who is involved in storytelling and effectively before uh, you became an orator, you were more involved in the story writing Mm -hmm. aspect. Um, I became a writing major because I enjoyed writing, but not because I wanted to be a writer. I just knew that writing was something that I was good at and wanted to get better at. And Mm -hmm. I guess I got better at it. I became more aware of where my strengths lay but by the time I was done with my major, I wanted nothing to do with writing. I just got really fed up. I mm-hmm. think after a while, I just had written myself dry. Like mm-hmm. there wasn't anything left to write about anymore. Yeah. I had expired any and all creativity that was in that tree and sapped it out and put it into a jar 
and I had no more maple syrup left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's how I felt after I was in a band. My philosophy was I just want to be a musician. I don't want to study music anymore. I don't want to have to learn the things that they want me to learn. I just want to play music and write music. So I left the music program, became an English major, and then formed a band with one of my friends that I met in the music program. Yeah. And so we started writing songs together and we were only in the band for like three years or something total, but that was enough for me. It sort of got my music bug out and I really honestly felt like I only had like a handful of songs in me. Some people can write and write and write and write and I was just like, no, that's good. I wrote like five songs, six songs. I co-wrote a bunch of songs with my friend and... We performed around the city and we recorded our songs and now I'm good. You were surrounding yourself with music nerds and so they kind of shared similar visions. So collaboration was inevitable, really. Mm-hmm. In a large school like that, there's always going to be those pockets no matter what. In any school, no matter what, you're going to find those pockets of kids who are looking for their group of like-minded music nerds Mm -hmm. whether you're involved in radio or not yeah i mean i was part of the school music i was part of the radio program you know i hung out with a bunch of djs because we would go out dancing and meet all the djs that played at you know the nightclubs downtown or on miami beach and stuff and so you know i was very involved in the music scene the miami music scene i love music i'll continue to love music even if i didn't become a musician like my parents wanted me to or at least my dad really wanted me to be a guitar player. <laughs> well, you did uh, do that. Um, uh, he's kissing Christian the last yes, time you were here. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I learned to play guitar and I was in a band and I played guitar in the band. I uh, pretty much quit. But I'm hoping, you know, with my son now that I'll be able to start playing again, like maybe play songs for him and, you know, just to help him with his music education and stuff. I think it's an admirable thing to do. And uh, (laughs) again, to bring it back to the top, what you are doing for your son is infinitely upper echelon of awesome mom status. Because, like, he's going to be a cool-ass little kid. And you're, like, already you're weaning him on all the cool shit right now. Yeah, or he'll just be like, what is this garbage you keep playing for me? Why is my face on Instagram? (laughs) You know, you know, one of the rules that I have we have in our house is daddy is not allowed to make fun of mommy's music in front of Stanley you know, <laughs> because, you know, I listen to everything. I love yeah. everything. And I, you know, I'm really into prog rock and, you know, yacht rock and just all kinds of weird stuff. And his dad's not so much into that music. So I'm like no making fun of Toto in front of mommy no (laughs) no making fun of toto wow that's (laughs) i'm actually going to see toto next week i'm seeing i'm seeing pat benatar with toto it's a double headline at the beacon theater and the night before i'm going to see adam ant at the beacon theater oh boy both of those shows i'm going with my mother it's gonna be amazing so you'll be posting photos uh i would hope of that definitely you're very uh (laughs) present on social media yeah do you have any events coming up as well of your own? I don't have any events coming up, but um, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm at Boom S-H-O-O-G-Y-B-O-O-M. That's my old DJ name. <laughs> Not from WVUM, but Boom. when I was like a fake DJ in the two- early 2000s, I, I used to play CDs at bars and pretended I was a DJ. So <laughs> that was my thing. You know, Stanley is also on Instagram and he is uh, Stanley Stardust. 
that's his handle. Amber Dre here on Lost and Rewound. Yo, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you for having me on again. It's always fun to play these old clips and play them for someone who appreciates them. So <laughs> I could speak for myself and I could speak for Jimmy and I could also speak for anybody who's listening right now. Um, that is what we are here for. <laughs> just heartwarming and special what surprises every single time wonderful moments from past and present coming together shaping a young woman's life an inspiring song old radio bits it's all just part of the rich tapestry that is lost and rewound and that is the preserving of audio for the future. You can keep us here in the studio every week, bringing to you all of the past's audio mysteries discovered yet again here, again at Radio Free Brooklyn. Now, we can't do this without, again, listeners like you. You can donate to our station at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash pledge or directly to our program at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash L-A-R. Again, we thank you so much for your help, as without viewers like you, or rather listeners like you, this voice would be talking directly into a void. So we enjoy it. Join us again next week, where Jimmy and Alon will be going on yet another audio adventure on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you guys so much and take care. Money! <laughs> <laughs>